Welcome to This Is Peace, the podcast of Peace Baptist Church located in Decatur, Georgia. On This Is Peace, we're sharing all things peace, sermons, devotions, inspiration, and conversations at the intersection of faith and culture. At Peace Baptist Church, our mission is to make disciples and meet needs. Our number one goal is to help you seek, serve, and share God. Let's jump into today's episode. Amen. We got to share the love and the light that he has given to us, to the whole world. What a blessing it is. And listen, we're in a series that we call Breaking Free. And, and so I'm excited about this. And I, I want to spend some time today just continuing that series. How many of y'all enjoyed last week's message, amen, of Peter and Simon? And let's go a little deeper in that, understanding how to not let our, our Simon counsel out our Peters. Amen. We want to be what God has called us to be, and so we've got to break free. Today we're going to talk about breaking free because the Spirit lives in me. Breaking free because the Spirit lives in me. Amen. Hallelujah. And we don't have to succumb to the sinful nature that we have. And, uh, and we're going to see, amen, how the Holy Spirit allows us to be able to do that in Him. We're going to look at my favorite chapter of the whole Bible, of the whole Bible, is Romans 8. Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, amen. I've done messages on Romans 8, and you know, there's no condemnation, there's no domination, there's no uh, limitation, there's no intimidation, there's no uh, miscalculation, there's no separation, amen, but there's just a Holy Ghost transformation. All That's outlining the chapter, amen, of, of Romans 8. We're going to look at it differently today. We're going to look at the same um, text, but let's look at it and go a little deeper as we look at the Word of God and see what He has to say to us as we learn to break free because the Spirit lives in me. Romans chapter uh, 8, and I'm, we're going to pick up right at verse number 1, and uh, we'll, we'll read that. If you would stand for the reading of the Word of God um, as we get into it today, let's look at what the Spirit says. So now there is no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus, for the power of the life-given Spirit has freed you and me through Christ Jesus, from the power of sin that leads to death. Let me read that again, because that right there, that's a whole mouthful by itself. So now there is no what? Condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, for the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. Father, bless us today. For this short time in your word today, we pray that you help us to Lord God, go deeper, go wider, go further than we ever could in our own strength because we can't do it in our own willpower. We got to have Holy Ghost power. So give us that strength today. In Christ's name, we thank you. All God's children say amen, amen. and amen. You may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. You know, the, the world comes around us to destroy us, right? Doesn't it? Satan comes after you and me, and then the battle is within us. That's a real good outline of the struggle that we all face. The struggle is real, isn't it? That the world comes around us, brings temptation and things to pull us away from God. The enemy comes at us, and then the battle is within us as we struggle with ourselves. Because the truth is, the worst enemy you ever have in your life is not the devil. Come on, Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it. No, 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 no. The greatest enemy you'll ever face is the enemy in the mirror, is the enemy in a me, the enemy in a me, in you, in us. 
amen, and we've got to, amen, wage war against that because we do a lot of self-destructive things to ourselves. We tear our own lives down. Instead of building it up, we tear our own lives down. Paul said, if you listened to Bible study last Wednesday night, and I alluded to it last week as well in the message last week, amen, Paul reminds us in Romans 7, right before Romans 8 that we just are about to go into today, he says, I don't understand myself because the good that I want to do, I don't do. I end up doing the evil that I hate, and I agree that God's law is good, but I find not the ability to perform it. I can't make it happen. I don't understand myself. I'm, 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 I'm in this itch, itch situation, and, and I don't understand myself, and, 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 and I understand a little bit of, of it because we want what's easy. We want to go after what's convenient, not what's best or what's right. And so therefore, the flesh or the sinful nature that we all have, we're all born with it, and we will have it until the day we die. Now, even though you're saved, you have two natures. We'll talk about this for a little bit more in a moment, but you still have that old sinful nature is still there, even though you have the spiritual nature of Christ now, both of them living together, two dogs, one a pit bull, the other one a nice Labrador retriever. And the one that you feed is the one that gets stronger. And what we have to do, my brothers and sisters, is that we have to, amen, make better choices. We have to make better choices. We have good intentions, but not enough uh, desire or even will or even the ability to really change. And we're unhappy. We're unhappy. I've never seen, I've been pastoring now for 30 years, been a minister for 37, I think, eight years or so, amen, but I... I have never seen a time when people are more unhappy than ever before living in the land of luxury. But the people who went to Honduras, they said they saw people who didn't have hardly anything like we have at all, and yet they were happy. They were joyful, especially those that knew the Lord. We, we have good intentions, but we, we want to change. But we don't change because we resist God for our own way. We resist God's will and God's way, and we rationalize life. We, we live a life of rationalizing, making excuses for ourselves, rationalizing, rational lies. That's what you do. You tell yourself rational lies. Tell your neighbor he's talking to you this morning, and he's talking to me too. We rationalize. We self-destruct with shame, lust, unrestrained thoughts, anxiety, despair, compulsions, hostilities, self-doubt, all because we're trying to do it our own way. Paul says, I don't know, understand myself. In fact, in Romans 7, he says, I'm miserable. He says in Romans 7, he says, he says I am miserable. He says, I'm just miserable. This, this life is, is miserable. And that's not what God has. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, life to the full, life to the max come to give that to you. Paul says in Romans 7, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Who shall deliver me from this, this schizoid life that I live? Who? Not what? Who? Because it's a who, not a what. It's a person, not a pill, not a program. It's a, it's a person that's going to do it. Who? He says, I thank God it is Jesus Christ. How many of y'all thankful for Jesus? Come on, give him praise today. 
And so the Spirit of God comes and lives in us. Father, the Son, Holy Spirit come to live and dwell and help us and to strengthen us. Amen. And we can break free. Why? Because the Spirit lives in me when you've given your life to Christ. And so Paul says in Romans 8, 1, therefore, therefore now there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Amen. For the power of life-giving power of the Spirit has freed us from the power of sin that leads to death. <laughs> I like this. I got, I got seven quick things that I want to say to you. Number one is, here, here, here's what you, why you ought to be shouting. Amen. Because you, you, you have no more shame because of what Christ did for you. Just say with me, there's no more shame. No more shame. No more condemnation. No more shame because of what Christ did. Not what I did. Not the money I gave, not the good deeds that I did, but the things that Jesus did. There's no condemnation. Here's what Paul's saying. Remind yourself all the time of what Jesus did for you in salvation. You ought to, listen, amen, you ought to be thinking every day and thank God every day. That's why we take communion on the first Sundays to remind us of salvation, to, to remind us of the sacrifice that he made to let us re, be, be close to that and keep that within our heart because it sets us free from shame. When the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, the Bible calls the devil the accuser, when he accuses you because even though you're saved, you ain't right. And you don't always do right, and he accuses, and you have to remember, hold up, I am saved, I am sanctified, I belong to the Lord, and I don't have to walk in condemnation and shame. I may have done what you said I did, but I am not who you say I am. It's no excuse for doing wrong, I'm not trying to give people a license to sin, amen, but you have to remind yourself of what Christ did. No condemnation means that God doesn't have to judge us because he already judged Jesus. It means what Paul is saying is that we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live in shame. Amen. Why? Because Jesus already paid it all. He paid it. He paid the debt. Jesus took the penalty and he paid the debt. And in the laws here in America, we have this thing called double jeopardy. I talked about it um, um, Wednesday night uh, for briefly. I'll, I'll just briefly mention it. Double jeopardy means that if you have been a man found uh, if you would, um, not guilty for a crime here in America, you cannot be brought up on the same charge again. O.J. Simpson, probably did what they said he did. In fact, I'd almost say he did. Because if I'd been on the jury, I'd say guilty. But the point of the matter is, a man, if they found a man evidence of that glove and was able to see that his DNA is on that glove along with the DNA of those he killed, they could not bring a charge against him again because he's already been found not guilty and therefore he would not be put up on charges against that. Well, that's how it is for you and I. You ought to celebrate that because you know you're guilty. Turn this up. Stop judging OJ because you know you just like him. You, know, you may not have murdered anybody in a driveway, but you have a man certainly murdered with your lips. You've, you've murdered a man with your heart. We are guilty 
Oh, but when, amen, we stand before a holy God and God says to us, why should I let you in the heaven? Amen. All we got to do is, amen, say, amen. Yeah, I did what he, what you say I did, but guess what? He paid it all. You'll point to Jesus and thank God for what Jesus did for you and me. Amen. And you'll just yell out, double jeopardy. Because it's not only on the books of the United States court system, it's also on the books of heaven. That once one has been tried, amen, and found guiltless, amen, that person cannot be brought up on charges again. You say, Pastor, how's that? Because I'm living my life through Jesus. He paid the price for us. He lived the perfect life that we could not live. And therefore, when we give our faith to him, give our life to him, we're saying that my life and my death is in him. That the, he represents me. And whatever he did gets accredited in my account. It gets accredited to my account. This, this, come on, amen. This is why Paul says there's no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus. See, you don't get this if you don't belong to him. How many of y'all glad you belong to him and he belongs to you? And now you've got not only, amen, forgiveness of sin, you have a new power in your life and you don't have to use willpower to deal with the compulsions that we all have to wrestle with. This power is greater than any willpower that we have and it's greater than any law that was passed against us. Look at verse 3 as he continues in Romans 8. He says this, Paul says, the law of Moses, it, is, it should be on the screen for you, the law of Moses could not save us because of our sinful nature. But God put into effect a different plan to save us. He sent his own son in a human body like ours, except that ours are sinful. He came in a sinless body, in a human form. Yes, he is all God, but he's also all man. Amen. And, and the law of the Old Testament, amen, was against us. In fact, it was against us and it couldn't fix us. All he could do was tell us what we did wrong and what we were doing wrong, but it could do nothing to help us to do right. It only changed the outside. And so what we do is when we go to Israel, and we'll be going to Israel in October with about 138 of you guys, amen, but when we go to Israel again, you're going to see people with the little, they're going to have little piece of boxes of Bible on their head. They're going to walk around and have, amen, all this different stuff, and they're going it, it, to, it's just very, very orthodox Jews. Very orthodox Jews really uh, live in a, in a very, very different way than any of us could even imagine, amen, and, and, and because they're trying to keep the law, but the law can't help you. In fact, all they can do is condemn you, show you how, how, how weak you are, how far away you've fallen. Amen. And it only changes the outside. It doesn't do anything for the inside. That ain't it. We don't want an outside change. We are used in America to an outside change, fixing stuff on the outside so it looks good. But Jesus says, you are like whitewashed tombstones. Yeah, you look good on the outside, but if you dig under it, it's dead men's bones. Putting flowers at the grave does not raise the dead. And what we've got to do, my brothers and my sisters, is realize that what we need is not an external change. We need an internal change. And that can only be done by the Spirit of God. Not the law. The Moses' law couldn't do it. The Old Testament could not do it. Amen. It's like me taking a pig from the mud, smelling nasty pig taking him into the house, put him in the bathtub, run water over him, put oils on his body, perfume him, make him look real good. Amen. Put a big old bow on his head like Wilbur and, 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 and Charlotte's Web. 
make him look nice. Come on in, put, a, put, put, put all the stuff on him and put, put makeup on his face. On a fa if, it was a, if it was a girl, put a makeup on her face and good eyelash, make her look real pretty. She looked good on the outside, but here's the problem. She's still oinking like a pig because there was no internal change, only an external change. And that's what a lot of us attempt to do. We only want to change the inside. I mean, the outside, not the inside. The law of Moses doesn't work like that. It doesn't, it doesn't change the inside. It doesn't really make, you can pass laws. That's why, hey amen, I'm not a politician. I don't have any desire to be a politician because that is not where change is going to happen. And I do believe in voting and I vote every time and I encourage you all to do it and with that, but it doesn't matter if it's a Republican or Democrat or Libertarian, doesn't matter who it is in office because the laws they pass, amen, are not going to change people. What has to change is the heart. You can pass laws on racism and bigotry all you want to and try to make people, but until the heart of man is changed, there will always be the nature of man that will rule. Until, amen, there is an internal change. Amen. It's important. Here at this church, we don't expect people to act like a Christian until they become one. Because they can't, they can't change. I, that's why folk come in and they say, Pastor, you see that person? They look like, and they say, what are they saying? No, they're not. They're, what are they doing what they're supposed to do? People on your job doing what they're supposed to do. That what you've got to do, what, we, what we've got to do, what we've got to be passionate about is getting them to know Jesus Christ so they'll have not just willpower, they'll have Holy Ghost power to be able to make the transformations they need to make in their own lives with him. The only one who can help is the Spirit. And so here's, here's what Paul says, and we keep reading uh, 3B through 4 of, of Romans 8 says, God, here it is, it's on the screen for you, God destroyed, I love this, God destroyed sin's control over us. Amen. The law was against us, but God, amen, had a new plan. God's, uh, I mean, God's, uh, God destroyed sin's control over us by doing what? Giving his son as a sacrifice for us and for our sins. He did this so the requirement of the law would be fully accomplished for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Now, this is the longest of the points that I'm going to give you today. Amen. Uh, number one, because we, we, got, we got six more to cover. <laughs> But let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, this is the most important of it all. Because without this number one that I've given you, amen, understanding salvation and understanding the price he paid, we're in trouble. Amen. I, I, like, I like this. And what makes me shout in this whole thing, my favorite phrase in this is, he, watch this, that, that he accomplished for us. What, that's the part I underline in mind. Accomplished for us. If, it, 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 it accomplished for us. We could not keep the law, but Jesus accomplished it for us. Accomplished means that Jesus not only paid for our sins, what we just shouted about, but he also did the things right that we could not do. He didn't just pay for your sins. What he did is he kept the law we couldn't keep. He fulfilled Moses' law. He didn't ignore the law. He didn't say, well, Moses' law don't matter. New Testament, I give you a new. No, no. He said, I'm going to do what you could not do. So then when you stand before a holy God, amen, there could be no accusation against you because you put your trust in me and I am representative of you. 
Listen, my brothers, we go to heaven not because we did right. We go to heaven because he did right. I mean, why do you think you should go to heaven? Well, if I treat folk right, I do. You can't treat people right. Because you just twisted and messed up in your head. And you're going to be twisted and messed up in your head until the day you die. You're going to be dealing with some, somebody you got to forgive, some sin you're still struggling with. Even at a, my grandmother, 105 years old, she still got some stuff she got to deal with. The only way you can get to heaven is not what you do, it's what he did. Somebody give God praise for what he did. There's a theological term and a biblical term. It's called imputed righteousness. Imputed means that he imputed, he gave us his righteousness. What we could not do, he did, and he gave, he gave us his record for our record. Some of y'all in here got a criminal record. Come on, just look, keep looking straight. Nobody know I'm talking about you. Some of y'all would love, I, I, we had a, had, a, had a meeting last night, amen, with some family, amen, and, and one of them said, amen, I got a whole record, <laughs> I love what she said, I got a record, she said, I wish I could change, we were trying to help a teenager deal with some choices in their life, amen, and, and, and she said, I wish I could change, trade my record for your record. Because you at this age, amen, y'all, you ain't got a record, you ain't got bad credit, you ain't got a, a, a failed marriages, you ain't got, I wish I could trade what I have for what you got. Well, the good news is, hallelujah, that's what salvation is, to trade our record for his record. Somebody ought to give God some praise. When I was in, 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 in college, in college, we were taking an uh, exam, and oh, and, and I know I didn't study. And most of the class didn't study. We all are you ready for this? No, Larry, we were not ready for it. And, and we all, most of us flunked. Professor saw that, and I don't know what came over him, but he gave grace that day. He said, whoever made the highest score, well, this is even before we took the test, actually said, I, I see y'all struggling, y'all ain't ready for this. But whoever makes the highest score, I'm going to give everybody in the class that score. We said, praise the Lord. Did you study? Did you study? Did you study? Thank God! That was one little studious nerd in the class that made a 93. And because she made a 93, all of us in the class who had not studied got a 93. Somebody ought to give God some praise. Now, that ain't the shout. Here's the shout. Amen. 93, that's good. She, that means she still missed some stuff. And as good as we are as men and women, as wonderful as we might be, amen, we might get a 93 in life because we help old people across the street, because we went to Honduras and South Africa and Tanzania, because we did all the things that God called. And we can say, well, my record is 93. The problem is you still failed in some places. That might be the case for you or the most perfect Mother Teresa we've ever met. But I'm telling you today, that's not the case for Jesus. Because Jesus didn't make a 93, or 95, or 97, or 99 and a half. He made 100. Come on, and he even got extra credit for resurrection. Somebody ought to give God praise. Give him glory today. That's why I celebrate him and why I love him. So, 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 so we thank God for Jesus. That's point number one. Point number two, <laughs> there's no more shame 
because of what Christ did for us. Here's number two, no more wavering because my mind is controlled by the Spirit. Paul continues to go on in verses 5 and 6, and he says this, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what, they, what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Come on, Peace Baptist. You need to ask the Holy Spirit. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to give us better thoughts. And better thoughts will change behavior. I need you to change. Holy Spirit, amen, I need you to give me better thoughts. When you ask him to give you better thoughts, he always going to answer that prayer. Because we have those two natures. I've talked about it, I alluded to it earlier. We have two natures. We got saved, but we still have the nature of Adam, of our 44444 parent, Adam, the sinful nature is still there. When you got saved, it ain't like God took that away. You still have it. But you now have a spiritual nature. Paul, in this text, says mindset. You have a carnal, you have a, 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 a if you would, a, a, a earthly or human mindset, but also a spiritual mindset. You have a, a wretched part of you and a righteous part of you. You have a terrestrial part of you bound to earth, and a celestial, bound to heaven. You have a Simon and a Peter. Come on, somebody, huh? And, 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 and the good news is, and the good news is uh, that, 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 that there is one that's death, and that's the, the carnal nature, but then there is this spiritual nature that is going to lead to peace. Come on, amen. Amen. I, 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 all this pollen, y'all, anybody got pollen problems like me? Come on, somebody, y'all. I'm going to go through this whole box today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, two, two natures. Amen. So one is death and the other is peace. And so what you've got to do is make a decision. I'm going to follow the spirit rule. Now, just because you say don't mean you got to do what spirit say. You should, but you can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can quench the spirit, even as a believer. I ain't going to do that. I'm going to do it my way. But when you do that, you choose death. Not so much that you personally are going to die, but you're going to have death around you. You're going to be, if you're going to have the, the things, your relationships aren't going to be fruitful. Your life is not going to be peaceful. There won't be the joy that God wants you to have because of the choices that you make even as a believer. I decide to allow the spirit to rule, though. When I do that, there's peace. When I do it God's way, even when it's difficult, I get peace in it. The spirit changes us. And so what I want is a spiritual mind. So I say, God, change the way I think. Not just how I feel, but change the way I think. And my thinking will change my feelings, and then my feelings will move me into action. And what I need to do is change the way I think, and I need a, I need a spiritual mind. Let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus, Paul says. you got to make sure that you've got the mind of Christ. Change your mind. Change your mind. And that's, that's a part of what we have to do as Christians. Uh, I'm going to get into this a little bit more in this series as we go because I can't adequately deal with this. We're going to come back to this and do a whole sermon just on this point alone, this vacillation. Because Paul asked the question in Romans 7, I don't understand myself, and I want us to understand ourselves. He says, I don't know why is it that I keep vacillating and wavering between this carnal and spiritual. And the issue is, and is because we are, we are against God. Uh, if, we, if we keep reading in Romans 7 and 8, keep going, Romans 7 and 8 says this, the sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. 
Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. So when we are controlled by the sinful part of who we are, we ain't pleasing God. We are not pleasing him. Amen. And, and we're, we're, we're not going to have the peace that he promises us. This is, a, this, this, this is what God gives to us, a benefit of allowing us in a repentive mind, in a spiritual mind, to have, amen, the power to be able to overcome those things that pull us down. But it's not natural to do that because we are naturally hostile towards God. Nobody's born in this world naturally, I didn't love you, Jesus, no little baby. You got to teach the child. You got to show them, amen, uh, they, they, they're sweet as, but we are, we, we, the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It is against God. It doesn't even want it. And what we've got to do is we've got to make some choices. So therefore, we have to ask the Holy Spirit to, to, that, to have free access to our mind, to our thinking. Because Satan wants to dwell in your mind, and he gives you ideas called temptations. The Spirit wants to dwell in your mind, and he gives you ideas called inspiration. So you choose between temptation or inspiration. And whichever one you choose is the road to peace. Come on, amen? I'm, I'm looking forward. God's thoughts, God's, um, God's things that he wants towards us is always going to be true. That's why you don't have to be afraid of it. That's why it's always going to be right. It's going to be the right thing, and it's always going to be helpful. And so we'll get to that a little bit later because this is really important to unpack because I don't think we understand it as believers in this new age. When you get yourself saved, amen, you need to get, when he gets you saved, or rather when Christ comes and saves you, amen, you're able, amen, to have salvation. So you need to hold on to salvation. You need to also, amen, know that you don't need to be wavering because now you have a spiritual mind. You have a spiritual nature that can override and overrule that carnal part of who we are. Here's number three. There's no more saying yes to the wrong things because Christ's spirit lives in me, in you. All right? So I don't have to say yes to stuff. I don't have to just give in to a man, the natural tendencies of man, the compulsions of, of, of what it is. He goes on in verse number nine. He says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are now controlled by the spirit if you have the Holy Spirit in you, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ living in them does not belong to Christ. That, that, that you, you, if you say, I ain't got the Spirit, well, you, you need to check the light in the refrigerator. Because if you, a man, are a believer, you have the Spirit. When you got saved, when we get saved, we didn't get, it's not like you got saved and you got Jesus and then uh, two months later, after you went to some conference, after somebody laid hands on you, spit on you, Knocked you over. Come on, amen. You don't, it ain't all that experience. You don't need all that. When you got saved, you got all of the Godhead. You got Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all at the same time. Somebody ought to give God a praise for that. You are completely saved. Body, soul, and spirit. Yes, you are saved. Amen. However, you still got that nature that pulls you down towards the sinful habits and actions of mankind. But you have a new ability to say no. I don't, yes, that sinful nature is there, but you also have a spiritual nature to do things, amen, that are going to help you not do the destructive things that are destroying you. Before salvation, you couldn't say yes to, to, uh, to, to things the way you, you can now, and, and you couldn't say no to certain habits, certain ideas, certain lusts, impulses would come at you, and you know, I just got to do this. I got to sleep with this girl. I just got to lie. I got to punch this guy in the face. But now that you have the spiritual nature, you don't have to do those things. 
Even though, amen, it may feel natural for you to be able to have, let me, let me say it this way, rewind. Just because, just because you say don't mean you don't have the natural desires to do wrong. Getting, being saved does not take away the propensity to sin or the desire to live out those impulses or compulsions that's in your, in, that the enemy sends to us, right? But now you have a power to fight it. So you don't have to succumb to it. And some people say, well, I don't want to deny, deny. It ain't wrong for me to, I feel it. And if I feel it, I got to do it. No. It's natural. There's a lot of good things that are natural. There's a lot not good things. There are a lot of things that are natural that's not good for you. Just because it's natural, just because you feel it, don't mean you have to act on it. Come on, somebody, amen. If it feel good, do it. Isn't that one of my songs with P Teddy Pendergrass, somebody? Barry White, if it feel good, that, that is not what you ought to be doing. Them, them songs created too many babies. Some of y'all are here right now. Because of Barry White, Teddy P, telling you that stuff. That ain't from the Bible. That ain't what God's calling you to do. Thank God you're here. <laughs> so he says, in, he keeps on in verse 12, he goes on and says, so dear brothers, you have no obligation anymore to your old nature, sinful nature, to do what it begs you to do. Look at that. Isn't that good? He says, he says you have no obligation anymore. You can say no to the, to the flesh. You can say no to the things of the flesh. You can say no and say yes to the things of the spirit. You have no obligation to have to do that to the flesh, to listen to the old nation. You can say, nope, I ain't doing it. And you can ask the Holy Spirit to give you power to be able to do it. We're going to help you with that over the weeks to come. Number four, no more fear because I'm not a slave but a son or a daughter of God. I don't have to live in fear because I'm not a slave. Listen, listen to the language that Paul gives in verses 14 through 16. Those who are led by God's spirit are God's children. For the spirit that God has given you does not make you slaves and cause you to be afraid. No fear. Slaves are scared to death. Master going to hit me. Some of y'all are scared of God. God's going to come at me. Amen. Instead, the spirit makes you God's children. And the spirit's power and, 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 me, and by the Spirit's power, we cry out to God, Father, my Father. King James says, Abba, Father. God's Spirit joins himself to our spirits to what? Declare that we are children of God, that we are God's children. We are children of God. We are God's children. We belong to him. And there's no more fear because I'm not a slave. Say it with me. I ain't a slave. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I belong to the Lord. I'm a king's kid. Amen. You need to turn your thoughts towards God when you're afraid. Remember who you are and whose you are. You're a child of God. You have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And you call him and God the Father, you call him Abba Father, Daddy. He's not some distant father, a man away. No, he is Abba. He's close. He is with you. He's, it means Abba Father, a man means Daddy. When's the last time you called him Daddy? They messing with me, Daddy. 
Come on, y'all don't hear me. You're not a slave. You're a son or daughter. You have rights. You have responsibility. You have access that a slave will never have. Y'all don't hear me. I'm trying to do the best I can. You have access. You're not a slave. You ain't got to beg your way into the presence of God. You can come boldly into the throne of grace after receiving mercy. Somebody give God a praise. You're not a slave. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're a king's kid. If you were the son or daughter of a mafia leader or the son or daughter of the Crips, you walk down the street a little bit different. Somebody mess with you and say, do you know who my daddy is? You need to tell the devil that. You need to tell temptation that. You need to tell threats that come at you and say, do you know who my daddy is? I'm not a slave. I'm not a hired hand. I'm not a servant, amen, sitting in the back just waiting to be. I have access. I am a son and I'm a daughter of the Most High. And when you are mastered by the master, you can do all things through him who gives you strength. Come on, amen. Because he never lost a battle, never lost a battle. And he never will. Come on, C.C. Winans. <laughs> verse, num verse five. Number five, there's no more despair because I focus on eternity, not time. Paul goes on in Romans 8. This is my favorite chapter. I'm telling you, I could spend hours on this. No more despair because I focus on eternity and not time. Here's what he says. Uh, Since we are children, we will possess the blessings he keeps for his people. And also we will possess what Christ uh, with Christ, what God has kept for him. Oh, that's it right there. Okay. Oh, that's a whole mess. All right. For if we share Christ's sufferings, we will also share his glory. I consider that we suffer at this present time. Excuse me. I, I can't see my eyes. Are, those floaters, I told you all see these floaters. They're just all over this page. And it's like black spots going. That's, I've always had that since 18. So it's just more today. I don't know. I consider that we suffer at this present time cannot be compared. I mean, excuse me. I consider that what we suffer at this present time cannot be compared at all with the glory that is going to be revealed in us. Oh, now help me, Lord. We, see, see here's, here's what Paul's saying. Let me break it down in Decatur language. He's saying, you focus on the long term. Stop focusing on the short term. I know you're going through right now, but trouble don't last always. And, 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 and these momentary afflictions, these, these he calls them, these light afflictions, say, will, 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 the, the glory that will be revealed will far outweigh the light stuff, the, the, the suffering. I know it's rough right now because you're human. I know it's rough because you, 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 you're, you're not in your glorified body yet. You, you don't really have, amen, the fullness, amen, of the spirit, amen, uh, operative in your life the way it, he, he wants to because you got this carnal nature that is warring against your spirit. I understand that, but I want you to know, hold on, bold soldier. This too shall not pass. Long-term thinking makes you more successful. It helps you to handle the battles that you're in presently. Y'all don't hear me. He says, focus in on the Father and his favor and, 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 and your blessed future. Come on. When, when you focus on long-term, you can handle the short-term pain that you're in. And, and here's the part that makes me really want to shout. We can we get not only get the reward for what we do, when you get to heaven, you get rewarded for the good you did, right? Good, faithful servant. But here's what Paul is saying here in Romans 8, amen. He says, he says we not only get rewarded when we get to heaven for the stuff we did, but we also are going to get all the reward Jesus got. 
and gets. That we become joint heirs with him. We become co-laborers with him. That, we, that the inheritance that he has is not only laid up for him, it's laid up for us too. <laughs> we get a share of his sufferings, he says, but you also get a share of his glory. And when you're going through hard times, yes, you're going through suffering, but you say, amen, one day this going to pass. You might be going through Friday night, but you keep your eye on Sunday morning resurrection. Because if, 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 if there was a big old huge, uh, we're going to the Fox on the 26th, hopefully you're going to come and you're going to go with us, amen, we're going to go to the Fox Theater and we're going to be there, amen, and it's going to be great, amen, and, and we're going to have the name Peace Baptist Church up on the, on the marquee and it's going to be flashing there and all this, it's nice, it's great, amen, but let's think we're going to heaven, not just going to a gala, amen, we're going to heaven and when you go to heaven, it's going to say, amen, you're going into heaven and it's going to say, amen, starring Jesus Christ. And then right under it is going to have your name, co-starring. Your name will be in lights. It, he he going he to share the marquee with us. He did all the work, and yet he is going to share the marquee with us. Oh, my brothers and sisters, I got to go because, amen, I've, I've been trying to help you today. I've been trying to tell you what the word has to say, amen, that breaking free means with no more shame. Uh, there, there's no more wavering. There, there, there's no more having to say yes to the wrong stuff. There's no more fear that we have because we're not a slave. We're sons and daughters. There's no more despair, amen, because we don't have a short-term view. We have a, a, a long-term view, and we're not just looking at, at time. We're looking at eternity, but here's number six and seven. No more insecurity because God's power always provides for me in Christ that I have what I need to make it in the moment. That even when I'm going through a hard place and a hard time right now, the Spirit knows with groanings how to pray for me when I don't even know how to pray for myself. When I feel like I'm at my breaking point and I don't know how I'm going to make it one more day, I'm not alone. No, never alone. Come on, somebody. Because the Spirit, amen, prays for me. Amen. Here, here's A, A, B, C, and D. Four things Paul says. Number one, the Spirit prays for me. That when I can't pray for myself and others don't want to pray for me, the Spirit of God prays for me. Here's what he says, verses 26 and 27. Also, the Spirit helps us with our weaknesses. We do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself speaks to God for us and even begs God for us with deep feelings that words cannot explain. God can see what is in our hearts, and the Spirit speaks to God for his people in the way God wants. The B is, not only is he praying for me, but God is working all things together for me. All things, amen, work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. That's Romans 8, 28. We know that. So God's going to work it together. It don't feel good, but he's going to work it for my good. The C part is, God is for me always. That God is for me. Listen, here's what Paul said, and we sung it earlier, Romans 8, 31, 32. So what can we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? And since God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't God, who gave us Christ, also give us everything else? You're a son, not a slave. 
You ain't got to be begging and you go before him. And if it's for you, if, if it's in his will to give it to you, amen, he's going to do what he can. You just got to make sure you live by the spirit and not by the flesh. And God will open up things for you that you never could have imagined because he's always for you. He's not against you. He's always for you. He's always for you. I wish I had time to talk about the D. D. God will give me all I need to succeed. Here's what Paul says in verse 32. He says, since God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't God who gave us Christ also give us everything else? So he's saying, amen, he's going to give you everything. Whatever you need, he's going to give it to you. There's nothing in your life that he's not concerned about, that he doesn't care about. And so you go to him, not as a slave, but as a son, as a daughter. You go to him as a believer. You go to him knowing that the Spirit's going to pray when you can't. That all things will work together when you can't figure it out. That God is always for you and that God will always make sure you succeed. When you put him first, he's going to take care of you. And so therefore, the worst thing in the world is, number seven, is separation. Hell to me, hell, hell is definitely a place. It is a place of fire and brimstone and all that. Yes, yes. But the ugliness of hell to me is separation. Separation from from, from, from so much separation. But here's what Paul says. Paul says, I'm convinced, in verse 38 and 39, I'm closing, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Death can't, life can't, the angels can't, and the demons can't. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, and even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. Whether we are high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Somebody ought to give God praise for Jesus. Yes. No separation. Because of what Christ did for us and what we want to do, my brothers and sisters, is live a life of freedom. And the only way to live a life of freedom is that you obey the Spirit and not the flesh. And we're going to help you to do that. We're going to help you in the weeks to come to be able to wrestle, to get, to find how to access that power, to call on God's spirit to do it. We're going to do it individually and we're going to do it collectively. Amen. Because, amen, he's never lost a battle, never lost a battle. And he never will. And he never will. Let's give God a shout of praise. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word today. I thank you for what you have said to us and how you have uh, ministered to our heart. I pray, God, that you would just bless this time, Lord, as we wrestle with the truth of what we said today. Help us to give you our mind, our thoughts. Let your spirit rule and reign so that we may know peace and not death. That you may bring life to the dry places of our heart, of our relationships. And we give you thanks and praise for that today. We give you glory, honor, and praise. Thank you, Jesus, for paying the price for us, for being the ultimate sacrifice, for living what we could not live, doing what we could not do, being who we could not be. And we thank you today that you made not only 100, but you, you got extra credit. And you extend that to us who trust you and put our faith in you. In Jesus' name, we thank you. And all God's children shout amen. 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 Thank you for joining us today. If you're ready to take the next step in your journey with Christ, we want to celebrate with you. We also have some resources to help you on your journey. Text YES to 470-380-0067. To find out more about Peace Baptist Church, head over to our website at thisispeace.org. 
Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Peace.